What is up, guys? We have week five of the NFL to talk about today. Postseason baseball with the NLDS and the ALDS going on. Some crazy rules that got brought out of a bucket and a fight for the ages to talk about. Let's get right into it, guys. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Spectators. Today, I am here with Brooklyn, as always, and we have our newest member of The Spectators here today, making his podcast and YouTube debut, our boy Nico. What's going on, brother? Yo, yo, yo. What's going on? What's going on, everyone? How we doing? We're doing good. We are happy to have you on here. I know we got you on here last minute, but it felt right, especially with all the postseason baseball going on. There's nobody else that I'd rather have around than the former player himself. You know what I'm saying? So much madness. So much going on this week. I cannot wait to break Absolutely. it down. Absolutely. But before yes, we sir. get into all of that, like I said in the pre-stuff, we're going to talk about some NFL Week 5 before we get into the baseball stuff because it was a very, very wild week. Kickers, kickers so. were broken. Uh, some of them more so than others and some almost beyond repair. Until they became the hero themselves. You live long enough to see yourself yes, become sir. a hero in this case. Uh, who wants to talk about a game and which one are we talking about first? Well, let's talk about that overtime game that you sneaking in there right in. now. Mason Crosby ends up being the hero. And we did not think that was going to happen. Overtime comes, what was it? I think five straight misses, four straight Combined misses. Combined from both teams, five straight misses just five straight misses and mason crosby going Insane. into the overtime missing three with an extra point and then two field goals and it's crazy because in overtime they're just literally going back and forth kicking it because they're getting such good field position that one or two quick passes yeah. and boom they're right back in field goal range kick the field goal miss and then the Bengals kicker ends up hitting it off the flag, starts celebrating, thinking he just won the game. He's just like, whoa, 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 whoa. Can we talk about how that celebration? Rookie mistake. That, rookie rookie mistake. mistake. That celebration had the most Nick Young, Swaggy P vibes of all time. <laughs> <laughs> just the classic put it up, up, turn around. Three. Oh, It's so bad. Yeah, the defense is coming back. Well, and the best part about it, there's a clip where he's celebrating and like, his uh, place, the, the guy holding the football is like holding him up and tapping him on the head. And then you see the Packer defender like, yeah, in the background running away. <laughs> celebrating. And, uh, you know, well, that game was that game was I'm sorry. That game was just so nuts, yeah. though, just like from from the start to the finish. I mean, like, it was Joe. Joe Burrow was putting me through a whirlwind of emotions as well as, as uh, Aaron Rodgers. I mean. Let's talk about Devontae Adams in the game he had. Thank God I had him on my 206 yards? You kidding me? Whew. Thank God. Yeah, great, great, great point. I murdered my friend today, uh, by the way, this past week in fantasy, and he still, you know, has his quarterback, but I'm fine. We're all right. <laughs> and so, yeah, the uh, the Packers wind up winning this one in, in a match of who wants to win it the least. Uh, kick, kickers were not the highlight, but they were definitely the talking point. Mason Crosby, who has been really, really good for the Packers throughout his career, he missed two kicks in the last two seasons and three last night or three yesterday for field goals. So 
is, is it old age? It's is nuts. it was it that day? Is he just allergic to Cincinnati? I don't know. Bengals fall to three and two. Packers four and one in an overtime game. The Bengals like going to OT with these NFC North teams apparently this year. But the Bengals sitting there and duking it out with the Packers is impressive though. Yeah, and I mean the Bengals clearly are a much improved team, and I think that's kind of how we all expected. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, Jamar Chase isn't very isn't much scared of the football either. He knows how to catch and read the yeah. read the ball. He, he definitely tricked us all at the beginning oh, he of the season. Oh, he got us. With he he, he intentionally yeah. <laughs> tanked his draft stock in, the, um, in fantasy, for sure. For sure. For sure. Well, you know, I really did like, you know, just the idea of the history, you know, between Joe Burrows and Jamar Chase yeah. back in LSU. You know what I'm saying? So the fact to see them, you know, in the regular season performing the way they're performing, and even if – in all aspects of the of the field, right? Your your running backs, and Joe Mixon, you know, he yeah, had a, had some yeah. good good. He had a pretty good game. He had some good stuff last year too, until you know an injury happened, and then you know we couldn't see too much. But this year they're they're kind of really all putting it together. So it'll be interesting to see. I I, I think they're definitely a playoff contentional team, and they're they'll they'll definitely give a couple teams a good run for their money. Yeah, and yeah, no no argument, no there. argument at all, and especially depending on how tonight's game goes, which we'll talk more about in a little bit. But their division rival in the Ravens, um, those those two are really going to be the the horses looking at the second probably seed and a wild card in this division, especially with how the Browns have looked early on. And you know what? Let's go ahead and talk about the Browns. An yep. absolute fireworks display over there. In L.A., SoFi Stadium got a show very early into his young life. 47-42, to 42, Baker Mayfield versus Justin Herbert, two of the brightest quarterback stars in the NFL, and it was electric. Absolutely electric. Any any thoughts on this? Nothing short. Yeah, I mean. And then, a very deep playoff potential matchup. Yeah, this could very easily. Oh, absolutely. This could very easily, especially – with how the Chiefs have looked early. I know they were the early favorites to win the AFC pretty handily. But with the way they've looked early, these two teams look like they are very, very in the race for that AFC championship game. Oh, yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah. Absolutely. Definitely. And that fourth quarter, man, 41 combined points. The Chargers scored 26 yeah. points in the fourth quarter. 26. Yeah, 49. 89 points in the total game. Imagine taking the under in yeah, that, that one, man. That's, that's just so brutal. You're, you're sick. Sick. Yeah, you're brutal. Sick Absolutely. Sick. I mean, someone I really want to talk about too, as well, is is Mike. I Williams. was just about I to mean, bring him up. What a game! Forget what a game. What, what a, a season. Game. Mike Williams was yeah. just so easily overlooked by everybody this year. I think we all knew that Austin Eckler and uh, Keenan Allen were going to be the studs they kind of always have been for the last couple of years. Yeah. But Mike Williams, who was slowly but surely kind of de- developed into just a, a good number two as wide receiver, is uh, trying to be number one over there with a with a consistent all pro and another multi touchdown game. I think he's leading the league in touchdowns now for receptions, if I'm not mistaken, and absolutely balling out, absolutely balling out. Yeah, he he had a, a phenomenal game yesterday with a huge 72-yard bomb thrown by Justin Herbert. And listen, a lot of guys love to talk about Josh Allen and having one of the best arms in the league, but Justin Herbert can air that ball out. I'm telling you, airing it out. I think I honestly, you know, at the beginning of the season, I really had, uh, you know, 
kind of, you know, a, not not a biased statement, but my Bucks going all the way to the AFC Championship. But I mean, geez, man, I, I I'm kind of going to be a little worried when the Bucks come out and we play the Chargers. You know, those de- those defensive backs on the Bucks, they're struggling with injuries. We're we're plagued with a lot of injuries right now, and that AFC that AFC conference is is looking real, real, real good, especially with Arizona. Uh, you got some. You got some really good teams. That whole division is just good with the Browns, uh, the Ravens. Bengals, you know, that's a whole toss up. The Steelers can, you know, still have a, yeah. a okay yeah. season. It's still real early, yeah. but you know, yeah. hey, two and three. Hey, they, don't play big, on Big, big Ben. No, now. Big Ben. Big Ben I'm, I'm needs to. Big, big ben. ben. It's time to go to sleep, big fella. Go ahead and uh, time to go to sleep. Put it down like they do the old retired stadiums because oh, it's. Big Ben is coming crashing down, yeah. bro. I don't like it. I don't, I don't like it. I'm not here I'm for not even it. Kind of. I know he had a big bomb this weekend, but all season just barely can yeah. throw the ball 15 yards. His arm is just not what it is. It feels is. very – Especially looking at last year yeah. with the meltdown they had after going undefeated, yeah. which was very expected. Mm-hmm. I'm not having any Steelers. Now, now stop me soon. if you've heard this before. Hall of Fame quarterback mm-hmm. that's commonly known for his big arm can no longer throw the ball deep and has to only throw slants. <laughs> Who, which quarterback that retired last year in New Orleans did that happen to? And <laughs> and, and, and why is his replacement better this year? Oh, Jameis Winston, man. Jesus, if we want, if you want to get get me boiling right now, let's talk about Jameis Winston. Let's <laughs> How boiling do we Jameis want him? Winston. How boiling do we want him? I, yeah, listen, doing that yeah the, cre- the the lobster <laughs> the lobster boil. Man, I want to get so upset, but I mean, at the end of the day, I can't. So I'm a big Florida State fan. I, well, I was a big Florida State fan, you big know, win this I, week. especially when Stay when big win, big win this week was 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 a big win against UNC. Yeah, I like that. Um, big Florida State fan. I feel like Jimbo Fisher really kind of messed us up. I was a big fan, especially watching Jameis Winston, and then for him to get drafted to my Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I was ecstatic, man. Jameis Winston. You know, he he was he had such such prospects to be such a great quarterback. And, you know, he, he had his moments, uh, I guess. Jameis gave the Saints fans a little Bucks moment. <laughs> oh, <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Coming out, coming out, opening drive, throwing that interception and then just coming out of nowhere and throwing a bomb. You know, that's and that's Jameis Winston for you. Like, that's Jameis Winston doing? for you. It's, it's classic. You know, that's that's the thing. It is classic, classic. Jameis for you. You know, yeah, it, it, it is. You love to see. Yeah. It. And. Really and, do. you know, Jameis has just been himself this year. He has, like, some good weapons, though, and that defense is pretty good. Uh, I We don't really know what to think about the Saints, but I also don't have any idea of what to think of really anybody they've played this year. So, like, is Washington any good? They're supposed to have a good defense, and they're giving up, like, 30 a game. So, I don't really know. Yeah. Uh, Winston with four touchdowns, though, and that's what he's just going to do. He'll, he'll give you those touchdowns all day. Uh, you mentioned your Bucks. And their lack of DBs. It doesn't matter though when they play the Dolphins because Tom Brady is the father of the Miami Dolphins, the greatest of all time. Now let's not get too crazy. See now, when Tom Brady was in was in New England, he would have a tough time playing in Miami. You know, I was gonna say, uh, he's yeah. the father, but the Dolphins yeah. no, 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 have no, no, no. the most wins over yeah. Tom. Well, how Brady many wins is do. it? Like six. I- they well, play twice a year. A they play twice a year. It's quite a few. Let's let's not let's not let's it's not, not a lot. It's not a lot. Let's not about forget about the decision of putting Gronk on special teams that year when Miami walked it off in that last or you know, the, the God given touchdown or the one year with Chad Pennington where they went crazy. 
or Chad no, Haney gosh. or whoever it was. One of those guys. I don't know. Well, listen, some former listen, Jet quarterback. The best way to explain Tom Brady, man, you know, he's like he's like wine. He gets better with age. You know, he's 44 years old. After breaking last week, breaking the record, becoming the all-time leader in, in passing yards, he wants to go crazy and throws 411 yards. That's insane. Five touchdowns. Five touchdowns, yeah. no interceptions. No interceptions. 30 for 41. You, What more can you ask for? We can have an awful defense all we want, but when we have that, and Tom Brady, might I add you, 44 years old, getting it done with rushing. He, One yeah. rush for 13 yards? It was, it was, it was a on. big rush, too. I don't know. Tom... We'll take Tom it. is a. Uh, we'll take it. I don't think anybody is saying that he's slowing down. I know those discussions have happened over the last couple of years, and I think last season kind of like put the put the brakes on that. And I think we're all just like enjoying it right now. Um, yeah, the Bucks are four and one, and last week they people thought the the year was over, or well, last week or two weeks ago, whenever they played the Rams. Um, I think we just forgot that the Rams are really good. That's kind of all that is. Yeah. Um, and then they lose to the Patriots. People still, I mean, not lose to the Patriots. They had a tough game with the Patriots, and people are like, "Yeah, it's, it's okay. Like, uh, it's tough. Relax. That game, game, the game relax. conditions really rainy game. Terrible. Relax. Yeah. Emotions are high. Terrible. Yeah. yeah, it just wasn't really all in the favor. But hey, we still got it done. Well, you know, that's 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 the name of the game at the end of the day. Don't matter how we get it, as long as the job gets done. And you know, if we're gonna talk about don't matter how you get it, let's talk about the Minnesota Vikings real quick. This team had this <laughs> game. Let, let it go. Let it go. Dude. No, no, no. Just, I'm not even upset about it. No, I'm saying let, yeah. let it go. This Come team on. just had this game in the bag pretty much all game. Uh, they're up 10 in the last couple of minutes. They miss a field goal. The Lions get a field goal. There's a fumble. All of a sudden, the Vikings are down one after a two-point conversion with 37 seconds left. And you're just like, what am I watching mm-hmm. here? And you got to you gotta feel for um lions fans a little bit this is like their third loss this season that has kind of come down to a thing like this they're zero and five but this team I'll, I'll tell you what i'll tell you what this team with a actual quarterback and some another couple pieces in the secondary they'll be a, they'll be a little bit of an issue in a couple years when uh that all kind of mixes together because they are very well coached for a team without a lot of talent Speaking of the coach, they brought him to tears in the post game for us. Well, and like, tell me that's not something you want to like run through a wall for your coach. He's crying in a oh, he's yeah, crying in a that. week five game because yeah. he's so proud yeah. of the way you guys played and fought back, and it just didn't quite get there against. You know, yeah, the Vikings right. are a rival. They haven't beaten the Vikings in the last eight attempts, so obviously this would have been a really big morale win for the Lions. But. I don't know. Something about that. I saw that. I'm like, I would really want to play for this guy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's what you want as the, as a leader. You want to be able to look at the guy and be like, okay, he actually cares. He ain't just taking this little job with with a bad team, getting the money. Nah, he, he want to win. He wants to win. Yeah, definitely. And it's not easy being in in Detroit. You know what I'm saying? No, not not at all. You know, (laughs) having that, having that type of, you know, passion, you know, he's real, and that's the most genuine you can get in the interview. You're breaking down, explaining how just like proud of your team, guys. How do you not want to play that's for something? And, like and the crazy thing is, it wasn't like they just lost in the playoffs, and like obviously emotions are high. This is an early season loss. Like this is, if yeah. he's that upset now, like imagine how fired up he's gonna be in a week sixteen game against the division rival where the playoffs are on the line. Like, absolutely, it, it's really cool and. 
not a lot of coaches have a lot of spark like that and you know not all need it mm-hmm. obviously bill belichick kind of checks the boxes against that but it it works when you got that type of pedigree you're, you're and allowed. we're trying to make a culture like that's what the season is mm-hmm. for a team like that they're trying to make a culture and it's a big yeah. step it's a big building block absolutely speaking on on that page of talking about coaches and you know let's get into that controversial talk about that game the chicago bears and the las vegas raiders being tough, you know, this whole situation with uh, the head coach for the Raiders, Don Grudden, on, you know, playing for your guys, right? Just just being, a, uh, imagine having to be a Raider and, and this week coming to play for a head coach with all these, you know, accusations and things going on. I'm not sure if you guys know, but, uh, you know, I guess uh, Coach John Grudden back way back, I believe it was like 10 years ago or somewhere around that time, uh, he was... Uh, I think he said some, you know, made some comments towards uh, another coach or whatever that may have been racial, racially slurred. And, you know, just being in that situation and being in that Raiders team, having to play for that has to be a lot going through your mind. I mean, you know, with Derek Carr and the way that the Raiders have been playing phenomenally this year, uh, you know, Derek Carr has been a machine. You know, Henry Ruggs, we're seeing him getting into his stride. You know, it's really nice to see Josh Jacobs getting some nice carries. He actually had a pretty good game with him yesterday, too. Uh, with Chicago in, in, in that 20-9 to nine loss. But it's just got to be tough playing for the the Raiders right now with all this controversy and outside external drama going on. Yeah, and I mean... Yeah, because when when it's the head guy like that, you it's hard to get hyped up. He's giving his pregame speeches. You guys are watching film all week. He's talking to everybody. And you're just looking at him like... Yeah. Really? Yeah. What, what, what is genuine in what you're saying? You know, it's hard yeah. to play for someone like that. But let's not take away from you know the bears and justin fields you know i'm a big you know as you can see go chicago i'm a big you know fan of my my bears other than my bucks but you know justin fields not not too too awful you know the rushing really getting it done right there 18 carries from khalil herbert 75 yards uh damian williams had a touchdown 60 16 carries 64 yards uh justin fields 12 for 20 with 111 yards one one passing touchdown not not too awful for for a pretty good Raiders team. You know, I feel like the Raiders defense is very slept on and, and underrated, in my opinion. Yeah, but uh, I, I do think it kind of became one of the situations where uh, there's a couple teams that we've kind of see it happen to already. Uh, the Bears are a good example. Carolina. Uh, these teams oh, these teams are just gosh. not quite the 3-0 and that they really we thought they might have been coming out of week three. And uh, I do think the Raiders are a talented team, but we've kind of seen this from them. And I, I mentioned it like two or three weeks ago. When are the Raiders going to implode? It happened that week, and it's been kind of going since. And Drew, Drew's been mentioning it for the past well, and, and it's not any. <laughs> he, he said it on our play. Our, uh, I literally said too. the Raiders are going to start hot and then crumble. I said it because we've seen it before. And every week. And, you know, it, it's no hate. I like Derek Carr. Gruden. No. Yeah. Yeah, but but if yeah. we're talking about coaches being weird, what about what about Mr. Urban Meyer? Just what? A, you, you can't you you know you can't take the college out the coach, right? <laughs> you can't you can't take the college out the coach. And uh, sometimes you wanna you wanna relive the glory days. And Urban, you are well past your ticker on that, brother. What do, what do, they, what do they say? You can't teach a old dog new and tricks. That dog is and... barking. <laughs> oh man, that dog he's trying he's trying that dog me again no that dog needed to be new uh, years and years ago so you you did mention uh about the freaking panthers oh, god ah 
Do we have to do this? You know. Do we have to do this? Yeah. <laughs> we don't have to. We, we, we can leave it alone. We can prolong it. We can prolong it. We can prolong it. That's the thing. We don't listen. Four games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they're when they're three and four, we can have this conversation because I do think they will be. Uh, I do think they will be. I just I think it's just so frustrating, you know. Yeah, you're right. God, like it's fresh. It's it's frustrating, you know. You hear all these, especially coming from a Tampa Bay fan, you know. Right now we're 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 a super team, or what you can call, and 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 the Patriots with a stunning release of Stephon Gilmore. With the Panthers picking them up, you almost think, right? Like that that Panthers like all defense of a sudden very super very defense, yeah. very good. It was that pickup of CJ CJ Henderson, you know, Jeremy Chin, guys like that. You got you got just a, a lot of dogs on that team, really. And yeah. you you think like there's no way the, the Philadelphia Eagles, you know what I mean? Like coming off of of a, a, a horrific game, uh, a horrific game watching them play against. Uh, what what team was it? Uh, the, the the Cowboys yeah, in that really game. bad on Monday night. That was watching really bad. that Monday night football game, awful. And I, I haven't been giving the Eagles much attention, but J- Jalen Hurts looked looked pretty well. He's in, looked pretty in, good in all year too. Let's, let's not like act like this is kind of a surprise. Jalen Hurts is not the issue with the Eagles. They have a lot of problems. He is not really one of them. I do kind of. I'm looking at the Panthers' schedule right now. They probably have the easiest schedule in football this year this is like a little bit of a joke um the next coming weeks they have the vikings who are better than the record but barely um the giants falcons patriots that's a pretty easy four game run in the nfl uh, they'll probably um, then, uh, yeah. they'll probably go three and one i don't know which one of those they lose but probably go three and one they get the cardinals that's tough and then they go washington miami atlanta so that's an eight game stretch where there's only two losses there should well, have be. To think, and though. we were talking about it last week in this Eagle game. We just skipped over because we put it into that category. It's just easy wins. And we were looking at, like, oh, the Panthers are going to be undefeated. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> like, it felt where like are it. these losses coming from? And Well, let's let's not forget now. Hold on now. The Panthers, they got a tough division. They got to play. The Falcons are – listen, the Falcons may not be all of what everyone is making them seem to be. They haven't had the greatest record-wise season start. Uh, and last game against the Jets was a little, 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 little rough. But hey, they were they were playing in they were playing in, in un, un, uncharted territory. So we'll give it to that. As they to, were not. They were playing. They were playing a classic home game. They didn't have many fans. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> uh, across the across the country at nine thirty in the morning Eastern time. So they're still waking up, you know, usually. But but the the Atlanta Falcons you know they're in that division with with the Bucks you know and Carolina's there you know it'll it'll be interesting to see Carolina's got a good team but I'd like to see them play against the Bucks you know the they have they have uh, the Bucks like I said man I, I hate to be a to you know talk about my team a lot but I I just really I, I don't see any, you know a lot of people getting out of our division he doesn't hate it uh the Panthers end their year Bills, Bucks, Saints, Bucks. That's probably the hardest four-game stretch ever. So, God, God bless, Godspeed, good luck, Panthers. Uh, we got one more game we want to talk about. I know we've kind of been harping on a lot of them, but I don't know. It was a, it was a fun week. Uh, Colts, Ravens. The one and three Colts versus the three mm. and one Ravens. Mm-hmm. We don't know how to feel really about either of these teams. The Colts aren't a one and three talent team, but here they kind of are, and they. You feel like they should have lost all their games, too. So, I don't really know what to think about this. Baltimore, you got the money lines on this. What is, what, what's the spread and all that on this? 
Uh, so right now, the Baltimore Ravens currently sit at minus seven and a half favorites. Um, so uh, right now, currently, the public is on a winning number of 69%. They really like uh, they really like Baltimore to cover that seven and a half spread. Uh, in my opinion, I, I, I don't know. I, today's game is a toss-up uh, with Lamar Jackson. He has those games where he can go crazy and play very well against teams like Kansas City. Uh, and then he has his games where he plays the Detroit Lions and they win a nail biter, <laughs> uh, you know, because of a 66 a field yard kick that doinks off the bottom iron. Yeah, it's yeah, really tough and really unpredictable. I mean, you can argue with uh, the Colts uh, as to, you know, they're all, uh, right now. Currently, what do they say? One in four one three. right now. One in three. I'm sorry. One in three. Um, but a lot of those, you know, losses were really close. You know, you have that three-point loss against uh, the Rams in a, in a really good game. Uh, they had that that nice win over uh, Miami, which I think is getting them on the board. And then, you know, the Titans, they've been iffy this year, all year. It'll just be interesting to see, uh, especially with the primetime football game today, like today. I really do like Indianapolis to cover that seven-and-a-half spread. I mean, I, I, I can see – you know, either one of two ways, it blowing out of the water with the Ravens coming out, you know, primetime football game, everyone's watching Lamar Jackson, Hollywood Brown, you know, you can't go wrong with that combo. They seem like they've been, you know, the go-tos all year, but I don't know. I I do like the Colts to kind of step it up and, you know, really keep it close. Uh, the over-under currently sits at right now 46 and a half points. I'm slamming the under. Which is I'm interesting. Slamming the under. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. Good idea. Right now, forty-one like percent of the These public. These offenses. Is, yeah. I hate it. Yeah. Yeah. So I right now, forty-one percent is on under forty-six and a half. So the public thinks the game will go over, which I really kind of see it going either one of two ways. If the game is going to go over, then it's going to be a it's shootout, going seventy. Right? You know, yeah. there's if it goes over, it's going yeah. seventy. Yeah. It's going. If it's going over, it's going to go over, and it's going to be a shootout. Um, but I really just see either one of like, you know, either the Ravens struggling to get the ball, you know, they'll get a couple maybe early scores, uh, but then it kind of sitting at like a low, maybe 14, 17, you know, maybe 20 point uh, game, you know, but I don't see Indianapolis scoring that many points if this under is going to hit, you know what I'm saying? I don't see them scoring 20 points and getting it close with the, with the Ravens. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see if, if I had to, if I had to choose today, I'm definitely choosing Indianapolis to cover seven and a half to keep it within that spread and then for the game to go under because I, I do like, you know, the defenses to step up today. I'd probably agree with that. Any any thoughts on this Monday, this Monday in October we got for us, Brooke? I'm right there with you guys. It's going to be an interesting one. The Ravens have just been really, really finicky. You expect Lamar to do what he I think does they win. on the ground. Let's, let's cover that. I think they win. But yeah, you expect Lamar to do what he does on the ground. I know you mentioned uh, prior to this episode, Lamar only has four passing touchdowns on the it's year. It's concerning. Uh. It's concerning. So something like that, like you said, concerning, scary. You put all of the faith on his legs, and do you want to do that? I don't know. We'll see. I do agree. Ravens come out on top by just a little bit. I don't think it's uh, going to be too much of a blowout, and I don't. I don't expect too many, too many points scored. I don't either. Um, so with yeah. that being covered, let's have our one and only fantasy corner expert Gerard 
go over who in particular balled out. I know we touched on a lot of them. We'll throw it over to Gerard and see who did well in the fantasy leaderboards this week. What's up, everybody? It's your boy, G-Man, and we're back again with another segment of Fantasy Corner for Week 5, where I'm going to just dive in on some stuff that y'all should probably know by now, but stuff that y'all might not know, and just to kind of get some clarification on a couple things. And yes, I'm here to talk about fantasy, but I would feel so wrong about myself if I did not push the Buffalo Bills agenda. Y'all need to watch out for us, baby, because we're here with the truth, and my homeboy and all of them over there in Kansas City just realized that, so... Watch out for us. At the QB1 position for the top performance of the week, we got Justin Herbert, 398 yards, five total touchdowns for 43 fantasy points. The Chargers are elite this year, and so is Justin Herbert, so watch out for them. The running back number one is not Derrick Henry, it's not Zeke, it's not Aaron Jones, it's none of them. It's Miles Gaskin, and it hurts me so much because he is on my bench because he's had a three-point performance the week before and then like a point three last week. So it's like, how am I supposed to trust you? But anyways, I'm not here to push judgment. I'm just here to state facts, I guess. Michael, uh, Miles Gaskin, 100 total yards, 10 receptions, two touchdowns for 31.9 fantasy points. I'm still mad about that. Anyways, Mike Williams is the wide receiver one yet again. I had 165 yards off eight catches and two total touchdowns for 40.5 fantasy points. Mike Williams, Justin Herbert, Probably the best connection of football right now, so look out for that for the rest of the year. And then a tight end, I don't know where this came from. David Njoku from the Cleveland Browns. Seven receptions, 149 yards, and a touchdown for 29.9 fantasy points. I wouldn't expect that to happen again, but, you know, things happen. Tyler Conklin has been here before. CJ Uzuna from the Bengals has been here before. So tight end is kind of hard to predict, you know. Don't sleep. Don't sleep on Kirk Cousins. They've got some coaching issues going on over there. Um, unfavorable matchups, too. Dalvin Cook is hurt. And whenever you have Dalvin Cook, you got a game plan for Dalvin Cook. So, yeah, Alexander Mattinson can hold his own, but it doesn't really matter. Dalvin Cook, he has a whole game plan in himself. So, you can hone in on uh, Kirk Cousins in the offensive passing game. Uh, don't sleep on T. Higgins. Two-week injury. Jamar Chase is on fire. They're going to need T. Higgins. T. Higgins down the road. He'll get it together. I mean, five catches, 50 yards in his first game back isn't bad at all, in my opinion. Uh, T.J. Hawkinson, his top two O-linemen are hurt. Don't sleep on him because he has to block. You know, sometimes in the NFL, you have to block if you're a tight end because you don't have the right blockers. So that's what happened with T.J. Hawkinson. Kind of what happened with Zeke in week one against the Bucks. Had to block. Wasn't really running. People would sleep on him. Don't do it. Whenever they get back, he'll get back to the uh, running targets and everything like that. Uh, sleep on Najoku, like I said earlier. I'm all the way asleep on him. I, there's just no consistency. They have like three tight ends that they cycle out in that offense, and not one of them appears to be the number one. So not only sleep on Najoku, but all the tight ends in Cleveland. Uh, it's time to sleep on Ayuk, and it hurts me to say it because he was the one I was hoping for the most this year. And I don't know if he pissed uh, Kyle Shanahan off, but they just don't have it going over there. And he's not even a target. He's not even an option. It's the Debo show all day over there. Even with Kittle out, it's still the Debo show. So not looking forward to Ayuk for the rest of the year. I'm going to hold on to him just a little bit longer just because I, it's a deeper league. I have to. I don't have a choice. But if it was a 10-person league, I'm, I'm dropping him. Miles Sanders, he had more touches than he did last week, and he still did nothing with it. I think he had maybe 10 fantasy points, but like for where he is drafted, you need more than 10 fantasy points for Miles Sanders to be relevant. Keep him on your bench because you never know what could happen, but 
Friday night for the next couple weeks. I'm all the way to sleep on him. Mike Davis is getting a lot of uh, opportunities to perform on the Atlanta Falcons offense, but Patterson is outworking him, and it is clear. Patterson can basically even be considered a wide receiver at this point. I think in sleeper, he might be considered a running back slash wide receiver option. So all the way to sleep on Mike Davis. Um, some waiver ads that y'all need to look at. Hunter Renfro of the Las Vegas Raiders. He has consistency throughout the whole year, which is really good uh, for Derek Carr. Even when Derek Carr wasn't performing at his highest uh, last night or yesterday, he was still looking consistent on the field. So look for Hunter Renfro if you need wide receiver help. If you need running back help, Tony Pollard is a good ad, especially in those deep 12, 14 league teams. Um, you don't know like what, like where the running back production is going to come from, and Tony Pollard looks to have that. Especially if you have like two flex in that league, like it's just expected that someone's not going to perform that well. And Tony Pollard is probably the best second backup running back in the league, minus uh, Kareem Hunt. Uh, Kadarius Tony for the New York Giants. Their whole offense is hurt, and uh, Kadarius Tony right now is one of the best route runners I've seen in a really, really long time. He looked really good, and he had uh, Diggs, who's probably the best corner in the league right now, had him looking stupid a couple times on his route. So look for Tony because he will be open. It's just a matter if they can get the ball to him. And then Hunter Henry, if you need some tight end help, Hunter Henry is now looks like to be the number one tight end option over there in New England. Um, Joanna Smith, is he still there? Yeah, of course, but Hunter Henry's getting most of the work, most of the snaps, most of the um, route runs as well. So I'm looking at Hunter Henry if you need tight end help because, you know, Kittle's out, uh, Higby might be out, Logan Thomas is out, uh, Gronk is still out. So you just need the tight end help at this point. And we're at that point of the year where bye week's starting to come on. So you're going to need some depth in your lineup. You can't rely on your, on your starters every week because they're going to have a bye week. And you have to make sure that whenever your bye week comes that you're prepared for it. But y'all know what the deal is. I appreciate y'all for tuning in for another week of Fantasy Corner. I'm G-Man. Remember to get at me on uh, Twitter and Instagram. G-Man underscore is a man. And on the Spectators page now we're doing every Saturday. Make sure y'all come in for your start sit questions. I'm here to help y'all. Except if you're in my league, I don't want to help y'all that much. But even then, I got love for y'all. So I'll catch y'all later. And go Bills, baby. Thank you, Gerard, for the fantasy insight this week. That is good stuff. I am also upset about the Miles Gaskin thing. It feels like every week we talk about Miles Gaskin either letting us down or bringing us up. And this was definitely the latter. Uh, let's get into some postseason baseball. We have four really, really good series going on right now. I didn't really expect all of them to be good, and it's looking like they will be. Uh, let's start today with the Brewers-Braves. They played a game actually earlier today, so we can talk about their game three already. Braves come back home. It was tied 1-1 one one in the series coming into Atlanta. Uh, Corbin Burns pitched his absolute behind off in game one, along with Charlie Morton. And it seems like this has just been a pitching duel, kind of a kind of a, a matchup which i don't know if i expected out of the braves but today uh ian anderson absolutely dealt absolutely dealt today and maybe the best pinch hitter of all time uh jocktober is in full effect uh, jocktober is in full effect and i gotta tell you bro if you have a whole month 
as a nickname for you. There's only a handful of guys that we have that for Mr. October. Uh, we, we always called Jeter, uh, something along those lines as well. Jocktober is one of those nicknames and he is not even starting. He has three at bats in the series, two home runs. Amazing. Yeah. 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 You, you kind of hit that all on the hill, uh, all on the hill, the, the head on the hammer right there with the nail and Jock Peterson coming in <laughs> on there. Uh, he, you can't ask for much, right? And three Oh, win. the, that was, those were the only runs. Like you said, it's been a pitching duel this whole series. Yeah. Uh, you have playoff Charlie Morton. You know he's that's a, that's one a of different the most, beast. You know that's a different beast. That's a different yeah. man. Yeah, the you know, regular season. You know Charlie Morton, good playoff season. Charlie, you don't want to play with with playoff uh, Charlie Morton and, and the way he's been pitching. But Ian Anderson, you know, five innings pitched, no earned runs, no walks. That's and big. he's a guy who zero had a little bit of control issues. That's been like the big whenever he has a bad start, it's because he's walking some guys and putting himself in the bad absolutely house. no walks yeah absolutely and i mean look at these numbers on these brewers hitters you have you have colton wong oh for four you know C- christian yelich one for four osvai osvaio garcia oh for four you know rowdy telez oh for two with a, you know with a pinch hitter coming and doing his thing you know it's it's tough you know willie adamas still went two for four and he's he's been on fire you know i'm a big since big the supporter trade of willie since adamas. the trade he's really good he came that, as that he came from the you know, scenery Tampa Bay. has been amazing for him absolutely he's taken off and i think he's found his stride with the brewers you know he he was always yeah. an, an an average average hitter with the race you know he'd have his moments and then you know have his down downsides but i just feel like he's kind of caught this little fire with with the brewers yeah but um it, yeah, it doesn't help though when the brewers are over 19 this entire series mm with runners in scoring position. They don't have a single hit with runners yeah. in scoring position. You're not going to win a lot of games, whether it's in the high school level, Little League, or the no. NLDS. You're not going to win many games. And it's it's shown these last two games. Luckily, they got Rowdy Telez to get that weirdo broken bat, swap it out, give you the magic stick, home run, lights going crazy to give them the win in game one. Otherwise, they might be out. But back-to-back, you give up three runs, you give no runs, and it's looking tough. Yeah. It's It's looking tough going into game four in Atlanta. Home crowd in playoff season is always tough, man. Anytime you're playing a team at their crib, you know, the the playoff energy is just going to be really, really tough. And so it'll be very interesting. I don't think... You know, I don't know if I, I I don't know if I'm just speaking for myself here, but I definitely didn't see Atlanta coming in with a two one uh lead. No, but I, I think and... it just uh, you know, goes to show that sometimes bullpens aren't very good and sometimes they click at the right times and it looks like the Braves bullpen is piecing together a really good series. Because the Brewers had a yeah. pretty decent offense all year. They weren't bad, they weren't great, like they weren't show stopping, but they've been kind of a consistent offense all season. And they have been completely and utterly shut down. I don't expect that to last through tomorrow, though, especially with um, the fourth starters pretty much going for everybody. Uh, That is one Mm -hmm. spot where the Braves are kind of weak at starting pitching depth. But if this can go to game five, I would love to see that Morton Corbin Burns rematch in game five. That is that those are just that's your Cy Young and your playoff just workhorse going at it. Yeah, that, yeah, that's going to be fun. 
And I'm, I'm not sure if coming into this series, I had this going four or five games, but I did have the Braves pulling it out. Fair enough. So fair enough. I st- I'm, okay, I'm, I'm still going to hold on to the Brewers, yeah. though. I There's just no way that they don't have a single no, – like, they don't end up with a hit runners in scoring position. And they're not going to let up more than three in a game. So I, I am still confident. Yeah, you, you would think game four – It has to. It has to. It has to. I know baseball is weird, but it's not it's that not weird. It's not that weird. It can't be. You're you're not gonna go oh for twenty five with runners in scoring position in the NLDS. If you do, well, see ya. Get get out of here. Get out of here. See ya. I don't want to see you in the in the NLCS anyways. Yeah, get yeah. out. Yeah, you you're not lying. <laughs> uh, we'll we'll stay on the NL. We got the Battle of California, the first time ever. The San Francisco Giants and the L.A. Dodgers have played each other in the playoffs, which is the strangest, strangest thing I've maybe ever heard. Um, this is a really yeah. deep and rich rivalry, but just no playoff experience between the two. We are two games in. Game three is tonight at 930, uh, if it's already happened by the time you hear this. Nice. <laughs> if not, we got Max Scherzer <laughs> and Alex Wood on the bump. <laughs> there is a clear pitching side that's uh favorite in this game but the seesaw is sitting like this right now certainly sitting like this and i will and i do want to mention with the way the dodgers looked in game two against the giants bullpen kevin gosman put together a very very good game only let up two with the way that the dodgers hit against this bullpen in game two has me very concerned for the giants wow okay that's fair. That's fair. I, uh, that's fair. I am, uh, kind of, you know, uh, not to get back on, you know, my Tampa side, but I'm a big hater in the Dodgers right now after last year, what happened, you know, not our fault, but I'm a big fan in San Francisco. Uh, like you said, it was a great game too, for the Dodgers. I think it was a must win type of game. I think you go, you go kind of, if, if San Francisco goes 2-0 into LA, you know, the, the momentum is definitely even, even though LA is at the crib, the momentum would definitely have been in San Francisco's favor. Um, but this will be a very good game. You know, Max Scherzer, definitely, like you guys said, the odds are definitely in, in the favor of the Dodgers. They sit at a current minus 203 favorite. Uh, so that means they're kind of, you know, a little on the heavier side to win. Um, but Alex Wood, you know, he's he's somebody that, you know, is kind of like a little dark horse had, had on, a good, this, on this had a good, pitching staff. Had a good year. Had a good year. Had a good year. Yeah. Is, is, a good, is a good dark horse. Had a good year. But I think- one thing I do want to talk yeah, sorry, sorry. No, you no, go no. ahead. I, I, just before you got off Alex Wood, I did want to mention he is a former Dodger and he was there for a good amount of time. I I yeah. think that yeah. plays a factor in this. They know him, they've seen him, whether it's just on the scouting end of it or seeing him in practice. I do think that that will play a part. And he's gonna have that little extra oomph, mm-hmm. um, um, wanting to just give it to his old team. So he he don't have a lot of oomph. He's not throwing ninety seven anymore. But that, that's what I'm saying. He's going to dig deep down, and he's going to get that extra bit. Will it be enough? I don't know. I still give the edge to the Dodgers on this game, though. Yeah. But, but it's going to be interesting to see. But it did interrupt you, Nico. You got, you got something for me in this game? Or the series in general? Okay, let's move on, then. Uh, <laughs> we are going to move on to the AL side of things. We got a really, really good series going on. For the Astros and the White Sox. Astros, White Sox. This was a, a series that we kind of expected to be a little bit better. I think it's definitely been 
uh, a very streaky series. Uh, you've seen the Astros go on runs of five, six runs. And then yesterday on Sunday, the White Sox uh, down pretty significantly early on, string together a bunch of hits and just make a really, really epic comeback in, in the South Side's playoff debut for the first time in... It's been a while since there's been a home playoff game in Chicago. And they were rocking. They were rocking. Oh, blackout. Yeah. Blackout. It was really cool. It was really hilarious because the Astros come into this game up 2-0. They come out to an early lead. And we scroll through the games because we're waiting for the Rays-Red Sox game that we'll talk about in a minute. That was just a marathon. We're waiting for that to finish. We got other games going on. We scroll past that. We see it's like 5-1, 6-1. like, eh, you know, that, that's probably all she wrote. So we go to the other ones. We're chilling. And then we just see a just mammoth comeback. White Sox take the lead 6-5. And they were just pouring it on from there. And it was just like, huh, this team got they life. Have a little bit of fight. This uh, team that we thought had, had, some, had some nice... Bats in their lineup, they could do something. We expected them to come into this series, like you said, it was supposed to be a little bit better. And you know, it makes the rest of this series look a little promising, at least until they get back to Houston. It it was it was a very very emotional roller coaster ride for me uh, watching this game. You know, at the crib, you you have that first inning White Sox lead, and then you know. Kyle Tucker, might I say, a Tampa native. Yeah, Tampa, Tampa legend. A Tampa native. Went to Plant High yes. School, uh, graduated my freshman I play, year. I played against, uh, I played against them for a couple of years over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Kyle Tucker had himself a game against the White Sox. Uh, two for four. Four RBIs, you know, was kind of the life of there. He comes in, hits that double uh, with a two-run double uh, with, the Houston take, with Houston taking the lead. And then Myers coming in, singling, getting Tucker in. And then Tucker coming back in the top of the third and hitting that two-run bomb, man. 365, 365-foot homer. And, you know, at that point, 5-1, to one, I not going to lie to you. As much of a fan I am, I turned the TV uh, we, off all because I just couldn't watch all three anymore. Of us did. We didn't, we, yeah, we all, uh, yeah, because yeah. there was so much going on yesterday. Like, why are we oh, going to watch this? Uh, yeah, 5-1 lead. You don't see <laughs> we, that. We got no reason to watch it. And then, you know... Yasmani Grandal getting his getting his money's worth, you know, you know yeah. getting getting what he got paid. Yasmani Grandal, known fantastic base runner. Yasmani Grandal, um, he, <laughs> emphasis on he's not. He's a terrible base runner. Maybe the worst in baseball. If, if, if we got any MLB the Show players watching, he literally it. has one, one speed. speed, one speed. No MLB <laughs> the Show. Um, Grandal kind of forcing a bad throw from Yuli Gurriel, really just causing mm-hmm. an avalanche of an inning and. It's weird how baseball works. Uh, we'll talk more about this in a second when we get to the Rays game. But baseball is the weirdest sport in the world where if you have something that was in your control that you didn't get done, it will avalanche on you. And there's that, you know, it's it's tough. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to come crumbling down. It's or great. also, if there's something that's fully out of your control, just a freak thing that happens, it will also come avalanching down. That's more of what we're going to get into in the Rays game, but yeah, it's, it's, well, it's, just real quick before we get off on that on that White Sox game, you know, I know although today mm-hmm. was was definitely postponed, um, just to talk about, you know, don't don't count the White Sox out of this at all. 
right? Oh. You have you have power all throughout that lineup. Uh, with you know Tim Anderson starting and leading it off, Yasmani Grandal coming in in the fifth spot, giving you that two-run bomb. But let's not talk about Lurie Garcia in the eighth spot, giving you giving us that lead, right? You know it's a five-three lead or five-three. We're and that's trailing that's right their now. defensive then, guy too. He's not there for offense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And he comes in and hits a mammoth of a home run, 436 foot bomb three run bomb at that to give the White Sox a lead. And they just kind of, the White Sox never really looked back. I know the uh, Astros came in and tied it up in the fourth. Um, but then, you know, the White Sox just after there in the fourth and he took off and, you know, Michael Kopech just, you know, kind of had himself a nice little lead and, you know, he got himself the win now. Not bad. Now, I will say, I do think this delay actually really hurts the White Sox. Um, they weren't going to get Lance McCullers today, but tomorrow it looks like Lance McCullers will be on the bump after getting an appropriate amount of rest. So we're going to get Lance McCullers versus Carlos Radon, and Lance McCullers has been a very... Another Tampa, another Tampa native, native from Jesuit. Yeah. Um, he's yep. been very, yep. very, very good this year and looked dominant in that first game. Mm. I think he'll look exactly as dominant. And I do think it is really? night night for the White Sox tomorrow. But I I, I do I do you know unfortunately have to agree with you. And on it's that, only because you know, that like, I, I think that just delay just hurts so much because now you have to deal with Lance in Game Four instead of Game Five. Mm-hmm. So. I'm gonna have to disagree just a little bit. I think he'll pitch well. I don't think he'll be as dominant as Game Really, four. really. Yeah. I, I just feel like they saw him. They'll have his number a little bit. Hard to have a number that you never got. And you never got. You, you can't. You can't. You can't call the girl if she gave you an eight-digit phone number. You need that last like. You you go hit yeah. that video chat on IG. That's what well, that's what the blocked, White Sox are gonna do. You hit, you hit the video <laughs> chat and then you see blocked and it's like damn, that's crazy. Well, Let, now let's not forget they, though. Lance McCullers did have a where she picks up. Well, we'll see. Lance McCullers has a is really good in a postseason. He's been very good. Very good. Absolutely. He's very good. I think he just gets that extra, you know, turn up. You know, last year dealing with that injury, this year in the regular season, had a had a you know kind of had a good season. Good season. You know what you would what you could get out of him. Um, But the postseason Lance is just different. In that game one outing, you know, four hits, no runs. You know, yeah. What more can you ask for in a pitcher? 4K, look, so, you know, I'm not saying the White Sox are going to come in and just rock. Seems him. like it. Like, it seems like one, it. No. no, 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 no. <laughs> no. Okay, big fella. No, I'm j- I'm just saying one or two runs. I expect to be taken. That's fair. I'll, gi- I'll, I'll, oh, I'll, I'll give you fair. one run. Fair. I'll, 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 fair. I'm a big White I'll take Sox. a walk in a so. two-run bomb from uh, Jose. No. I'll, I'll take that. Like I'm I'm not giving them game three action off okay, of that okay, i'm fair. just saying he'll pitch well but the white Sox will come to play and uh let's talk about pitching well uh the tampa bay rays and the red Sox have not i think we should just talk well about mma at all these two teams <laughs> forgot how to pitch chris sale broke in game two uh scoring has been out absolutely outrageous in this series besides the like extra five innings we got yesterday i don't know what that was about yeah Rays Red Sox. This is the division rivalry, and it had a funky ending yesterday. Thus, the name of this episode. 
So on to MMA is I think I think it was what we're talking about, right? I, I, I think you actually want to lead the talk into this uh, marathon of a game three, Nico. I, That's what you were saying before, right? Uh, I'm just I'm just quivering and shaking right now and just just sick to my stomach, sick. you know. Uh, honestly, from as uh, on the standpoint as a baseball fan, you know, what more can you ask for in a postseason game? You know how electric that was. You know, I bet I had a buddy who was actually at the game three game, and you know, he was sending me videos and just this, just the electricity between in the crowd. You know, and I, and I'm a I'm a Rays fan, and I would have loved to have been there in that Boston game, just seeing that game going as far as it did, uh, seeing the 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 roller coaster ride of emotions. In that extra inning game, especially when Kiermaier hit that double, man. Oh, it's just, I, there's so much to talk about, so much to break down. Where do I even start? Where do I even start? Let's, let's start with that yeah, double. Yeah, I think that's a good spot. That double looked like it was going to be the thing to finally break the seal in extra innings. Yandi rolls around third looking like it's gonna finally give them the run they go up in the top of the 13th and then it hits off the wall bounces off of hunter renfro and goes out of play yeah so i think you know watching it live in that game uh watching it live and that's i saw the whole thing live like you know frame for frame the seeing kevin kiermaier hit of that one I thought it was one I thought it was gone. So I was jumping around like, let's go. I did think two, it was gone. Run bomb tie game, top of the inning, top of the thirteenth, you know, and, and and Nick Pavetta, you know, hats off to Nick Pavetta. Four innings pitched, no runs, seven Ks. Gosh, Nick Pavetta. You he, he, he definitely turned it up and I think he definitely boosted the uh, Red Sox in that. But just the situation and let's talk about that, right? So in that scenario uh, me playing baseball too. I, I've seen a couple of you know ground rule doubles in my day. I actually got a chance to play at the Trop, so you know I've been around. You know, been around. You know, uh, seeing that you know the wall does unfortunately act as uh, you know the ground in that situation. So it, it would have been just as any situation had the ball hit the bar, hit the ground and gone over the fence. It would have been a normal ground rule double. You know, the only way that I see it being overturned or had it being different would be if Hunter Renfro intentionally, uh, you know, altered that baseball to make it go over the fence um, and, and you know, tried to stop, you know, that, that momentum. Because Yandy Diaz, it was a 3-2 pitch. Yandy Diaz was going on the movement. He was already rounding, you know, base. Had it been any other runner given Ronda Franco, he probably would have been halfway to home. And, you know, now we can make a big argument as to, well, it hit off Renfro, you know, but ultimately you have Yandy Diaz, not the fastest runner in the game, uh, just getting to third as the balls hit. And Renfro, you know, unintentionally uh, hits off of him and it goes allegedly over the over the wall. Uh, uh, yeah. Allegedly. Yeah. I mean, I'm a I'm a race fan. Allegedly. I mean, that hurt me, but Hunter Renfro didn't do that on purpose, allegedly. you know, uh, so <laughs> just, it, it just happened. Get to be, he happened that. to be at the right place. At the right time. So with the Falcon punch. <laughs> no. Uh, he happened to be Little there in the A-Rod right place at the right boy. time. Just, <laughs> just a just a bizarre bounce and uh, kind of just the culmination of just right place, right time. It, it hits off the thigh, goes over the fence, saves a run. They get it out right after that. And then here comes the hero for the Red Sox. Their offensive catcher, he didn't even start today's game. They they went de- they went defense first with Ploiecki, I think is how you pronounce it. Um, yeah, Ploiecki. He winds up pinch hitting. He got a couple of at bats. 
Uh, they brought him in once the uh, the extras kind of started over there. And uh, Christian Vasquez, two-run home run, gets the walk-off here. He is the hero in Boston. Boston, I think, has the third most walk-off playoff hits in, in all of of all the teams in baseball. Um, Nico, get ready to watch that play for the rest of yeah, your life. Uh, it makes me sick it, to my stomach. It's not fun. And then tonight... And that's what we were getting at earlier, just... You don't capitalize. The run doesn't score. You don't take the lead, and baseball is gonna bite it you. Bite, and it bites and hard. Very and next not the inning. Cool way. The very Absolutely. and we just felt it. We're all talking about it. We we just felt it that it was gonna happen. Oh, it's almost and like like in that air. Like you can. It's just, just written. It's, it. it's scripted. You you Ugh. just feel it. Oh, they didn't score now when they were supposed to score. The guys are coming up in a walk off situation. Well. See ya. And that's and that's playoff baseball, right? So like let's say <clears throat> so you can make the argument, right? I, my buddy, I was talking we were talking to him about the, the he's a big Red Sox fan. And we were, you know, arguing and bantering and going back and forth. And he goes, he tells me he's like, you know what, had had Kiermaier even, you know, it let let that run score, doesn't matter, right? It was a two run bomb. The Red Sox would have won yeah, uh six sure. to five, right? But 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 who knows, yeah. right? It's playoff baseball. Baseball's a weird. So let's say let's say let's say the Rays get that run, right? And they take the five four lead going into the bottom of the thirteenth. Does that home run happen? The momentum's on the Rays side. They're lit. They're hyped. I mean, like you had you had thirteen innings of baseball. The Rays put up that, those two runs in the eighth, and then for a good one, two, three, four, five innings, you don't have. Four and a half innings, you don't have no runs. You know, you have the Rays getting a couple of base runners on uh, in these extra innings. And just like I said, just, just Nick Pavetta getting it done, locking down, no runs, three hits, uh, seven strikeouts, big strikeouts, big strikeouts. You know, the Rays at one point, I believe, I'm not sure exactly what inning it was, just, just off memory, but we had our, our, our guy, we had the leadoff guy on, and he ended up getting to second base. I believe it might have been even Randy Rosarini on second base, the leadoff guy there. And Garrett, and Nick Pavetta, Nick Pavetta, I'm sorry, coming in with three back-to-back strikeouts uh, was, was really big, you know. And, and just that momentum builds your team, right? Nick Pavetta, then, you know, led, Rays now are, are, mind you, now have two runners in scoring position with runners on second and third. And Kiermaier, a fast runner, so any single, he's scoring uh, and a single. Uh, you know, Nick Pavetta still has to come in and, and get those pitches in, and he does, gets out of the inning. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, the Red Sox get the. Okay, can everybody hear the pain, pain. in his voice? Pain. Okay. It's just, it's just so, it's brutal, <laughs> man. I feel like, it. I feel it. It's so sad. Like, there's there's so many different outcomes that could have happened. You know, had that run scored, you know, Luis Patino maybe maybe gets gets even that little extra gentleman boost, and now he's hitting a hundred, man. Like, there's just so many different things that could have gone. You know, if 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 Nick Pavetta gives up that run, does does Boston go into the bullpen and take him out, and then you know do the race unload? It's a slippery you know, you had that's going wa- on here, y'all. It's a slippery you have Wander, you have Wander Franco coming up. Somebody get you know, their very man. Shortly, Mike. He's hurt. Oh, <laughs> it, it, there's just so many yeah, different you, outcomes. You can, you can see the pain popping out. Pain, you can see the pain. Uh, and at the time uh, of recording this right now, it's about to be first pitch of the game. Uh, yeah, and I do, and I do yeah. want to mention that I think. Coming into this series, I had the Rays winning pretty handily. After seeing the way that their bullpen has kind of not devolved, but devolved, um, to 
tonight they're starting Colin McHugh, who had the worst outing maybe of his career on Friday. Oh, all season for sure. All season. And for then sure. he, he is uh, he's coming in to start this Perfect. game, and Michael Walker is supposedly supposed to come in after. They gave up a combined nine earned nine <laughs> earned runs with a 16-2 ERA and a 20.25 ERA, respectively, to the Red Sox on Friday. I do not expect that to be the same. But with Eduardo Rodriguez on the mound, the Rays are known to hit lefties significantly worse than righties this season. I'm just going to go ahead and say I, I, I think it's it. I, I think tonight's the night. I said last it's, night. Stop it. After, 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 after the walk-off, I, I lost all faith in the race. Coming okay, into that okay. series, I believe I had it going five games yeah. with the Rays taking it. I don't like it. After last like night. It. No. Listen. The, all the momentum is on Boston's side. I don't like it at all. Listen. Fenway was rocking, and it will continue to rock tonight. And the Red Sox are moving on to the AL. And Eduardo pitches significantly watch, better Watch your mouth. Too. Watch your mouth. Watch y'all's mouth. Listen, uh, I'm, listen, so, I'm do sorry. Not, Look, I don't want. I don't want the Red Sox to win. I don't. You think I? You think I want a Red Sox Houston Astros <laughs> ALCS? That sounds. <laughs> that is nightmare. Listen, listen. And it's gonna happen. That's it's book it. It's gonna happen. I don't want happen. that. But it's gonna happen. Everything so, that you guys are saying right now hurts. is like eighty percent valid. Eighty percent valid. Maybe. Maybe. You know, I get what you guys are saying, where you guys are coming from. Colin McHugh got put into that situation in game two. I was there live. Jump, by the right, way. Live. Listen, listen, listen. <laughs> and the, the the emotional roller coaster ride right of, of the Rays, uh, getting that, me a that first inning, that grand slam, seeing Jordan Luplo hit that grand slam. Oh, my God. I was so shaken. It was just so beautiful. And it was amazing. He was so tough. He was like, ah, you know, scream. Just like, could you imagine being being Luplo in that situation, right? Bottom of the first inning, bases loaded. You hit that walk-off dinger. Boom. And then Somebody now you have Shane Boz having, 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 control, having control issues. And and then, you know, our bullpen just Real not getting the job done. But listen, listen, <laughs> Colin no, McHugh. We're, done. we're going to box. We can't. No, I, Colin, I can't have this. Colin don't, McHugh don't, is going to lock it, it down don't today. Don't say it. He's don't, locking don't it down to today. Don't I'm don't telling you, raise for the win. Raise don't for the win. Lie. You heard it here first. Raise for the win. You're raise pulling up the White Sox shirt. I got to root for someone today, man. I'm so sick. Oh, God. I'm going to cry. Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder fight. Go ahead and run us through that, Nico. It's a little bit more fun for you. Oh, uh, yeah. So, you know, we had a big, big, big WBC heavyweight matchup uh, in this past weekend. Uh, honestly, I got to see that fight, too, as well, live. Uh, the WBC champion Tyson Fury defeated Deontay Wilder in their trilogy match. Uh, he won by uh, TKO in the 11th round. And might I say, you know, uh, Tyson Fury was a heavy favorite. I believe his odds were to 65 or 325. I'm sorry, his odds were 325, and Deontay Wilder was uh, a plus 235 underdog. Um, but man, a ro- another roller coaster ride of emotions during that fight. I had Deontay oh, Wilder man. winning that, and you know Tyson Fury comes out strong, knocks Deontay Wilder down early, and then Deontay Wilder comes back, gets two knockdowns in the same round. Listen, Tyson Fury has never been knocked down twice in the same round, ever. And Deontay Wilder got two knockdowns on there. So, you know, the momentum change just kept shifting back and forth. But ultimately, you know, Tyson Fury just 
just kind of, you know, stuck to his plan. And, and, you know, Deontay Wilder has never been one known for, you know, his, his considered boxing skill set, right? He's always been, um, just kind of that like power guy, guy, you know, can land, end it up, yeah, can that, end it in one go. Yeah, that one punch, just you know, knockout power. You know, at any moment in the fight, he could and be as losing. wobbly and tired as he looked all fight, fight, that hand was still there, and you had yeah. it scared because it was still rocking fury. Absolutely, absolutely. At the worst parts of that fight, where you just said, "That's it, Wilder's done. He's done." He knocks Fury with a hard right hand. A hard right hand. Yeah, he had him wobbling. Was just like, what's going on, bro? Yeah, just definitely. And then that was kind of like the 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 memo of the whole fight, right? You know, both guys looked a little gassed. Fury kind of kind of got a little second win in the middle of the fight, around like the seventh, eighth round. He kind of got a little second it. win. Fury yeah. looked so. He did not look tired at all. Yeah, he did look like he could go another 10 rounds. And, you know, it was a little scary. And Wilder was was definitely, you know... Well, some proof definitely to that, too. I mean, Fury's known to, to do his uh, his song and dance af- after uh, he gets a big win. He's, he's known for that. Mm-hmm. But later that night, there's video of him at a Steve Aoki concert raving with yeah. Steve Aoki <laughs> as if he didn't just Great. go 11 rounds with the best Both singular punch guys ball. ever. It was insane. Insane. Yeah, absolutely nuts. The fight was definitely worth every penny. You know, uh, I I believe, you know, Fury is one of, if not, he, you know, he's the greatest right now of all time. Uh, heavyweight. The next fight to make, I heavyweight. believe, is the greatest heavyweight. Yeah, heavyweight, sorry. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to say. Greatest heavyweight of all time. Undefeated right now in this controversial no contest uh, with Deontay Wilder in their he first match. You know, you he can won. argue, you can argue that he, he won. won that he won. fight. It's not an um, argument. And everything. He won. I mean, you know, it was no, no contest. contest, you know, no contest. But so won. what can you do? But no, contest. but um, I think the next fight, honestly, is to make, you know, Wilder versus Joshua, you know, um, which most people I would have Wilder winning that fight. Just I mean, Wilder, I'm sorry, Fury versus Joshua. Uh, I was going to say, was why, saying, why Fury versus Joshua. Joshua. Happening I apologize. Here. Wilder, Wilder sorry, don't sorry, deserve sorry. I mean, he's, that, yeah, that yeah. man needs Fury versus Joshua. Yeah, he does. He needs a new brain is what he needs because that thing got rocked. Now, the big the big, the big, big thing was uh, about Wilder getting into that fight and learning how to box, right? Uh, Fury found out in that second fight that Wilder couldn't fight backing up, you know, uh, so he was pushing the pressure, pushing the pace. And, if you, you know, Wilder did in the first couple rounds, you know, early when he had energy, it looked all right. He had his jab getting out there a little bit, but... Just kind of, you know, it's, it's really tough to, to fight that high level of a fighter in Tyson Fury and just kind of, you know, throw that overhand right. You know, everyone, that's that's kind of, you know, the only punch, you know, towards the 8th, ninth, 10th round that all Wilder was really loading up on it. Just throwing that overhand right and, and you know, came, came close a couple of times to, you know, connecting and, you know, could have seen what could have happened. But ultimately, Fury came out with a dominating win. And a kind of you know a very 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 good trilogy fight you know and not not much more you could ask for between it, the it's two. It's not often that the third fight in a trilogy lives up to what. <laughs> and man, yeah, it, incredible, yeah, absolutely, absolutely incredible from the start to the finish. It was just electric. You know, like when you watch baseball and football, whatever sports they'll they'll have the little win probability chart that goes up and down. Mm-hmm. I would love to see it just like live with punches and everything yeah not not, not by round just, just every punch every landed landed up punch. Big, yeah 
Oh, Bro, I God. swear that that gotta be like this dog. That it was insane. Whoever, it well, was could you insane. imagine whoever's one of the stats? Could you on imagine there, that live line? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Could you guys imagine that live line? Like when okay, so like yeah, Fury gets that first knockdown early in the fight, right? Most people already had Fury winning that fight. He was a minus three twenty five favorite coming into that. But could you imagine the line shift change from when Wilder knockdown. gets that first knockdown? The double knockdown. Yeah, exactly. That second knockdown. Three knockdowns in a fight, and I think they have to call it, right? Am I am I wrong? Like you get you get a you get a couple knockdowns like that, you're you're not getting up. And and, and Wilder is, I'm telling you, he's he's that heavy puncher. So Fury, just, you know, being the veteran that he was, you know, got knocked down, controlled the breathing, you know, got back to where he needed to be and boxed well, you know, throughout the rest of the fight and ultimately won via TKO. You know, Wilder gave every every ounce, little ounce of effort he could have and just, you know, yeah. ultimately fell and, short. And I, it was tough to see. I think all the respect. Wilder, I think that's though. like the one thing I saw yeah. a tweet. I don't remember who said it, it was some some celebrity. And they're just like, it's not often you see somebody who lost kind of take a W but you kind of have to feel that way a little bit about Wilder because he got like, he got absolutely knocked around for about six rounds. He got just six rounds got straight towards the end was just getting like obliterated, yeah. and he was getting hit in yeah. the face, hit in the body, and mm-hmm. kept staying on his feet and throwing solid, significant punches back. And you know there is a level of respect to that from him. So big shout out there. Because um, yeah. you, you can't expect anybody else to no, do that no, no, to no. him. And Fury said after the fight, I'm the best boxer right now. He's number two. He's number yeah, two. Yeah, and yeah, uh, there's no argument. But, I mean, those are the two best. But we do have another big fight that just got announced today. Nico, what's that about? Yeah, so um, UFC 269, December 11th uh, in Vegas at the T-Mobile Arena. Um, you have uh, already booked on that card Dustin Poirier versus the lightweight champion Charles Oliveira. Uh, Dustin Poirier, as we all know, is coming off the huge McGregor win, uh, knocking him out or winning by TKO, I should say. Uh, Dustin Poirier right now currently 28 wins, six losses, one no contest. Uh, he's looking on to to take on the champion right now, Charles Oliveira. Oliveira, pardon me. Uh, he just Charles Oliveira just came off of a. The title win versus Michael Chandler, a really good wrestler and striker, too. Um, that's in the lightweight division. And this it, is going to be an actual interesting, very, very, very interesting fight to see. You know, Dustin Poirier started off in his career at that featherweight at 145 and, you know, had a little bit of struggles there where, where he faced Conor McGregor in his rise, you know, and lost that first fight and took a couple of L's down there, you know, with Max Holloway as well. Um, but then he kind of moved up to that 155 weight class and since then has been on a absolute tear, you know, winning all of it, a lot of his fights. I shouldn't say all his fights, pardon me, because, you know, he did have that title fight against Khabib. Um, but Dustin Poirier moving up to 155 is just, you know, the move of the century is almost as good as, as, as the Rays trade for Tyler Glass now and Austin Meadows when they traded Archie. And, that's how and, great and the Shane move Bass, up it and was. Shane Bass. Yeah, and Shane Baz. Yeah, exactly. You know that that's that's up there with with moving up. Is that, but, um, is that a better no, trade yeah, than Dustin, uh, Giancarlo for a bag of chips and Starling Castro? Uh, you know, I, I I think I think so. You know, I I do think so for you know Starling Castro and all that. Oh, that the, bag of chips, you know, might have made it a little, a little you know, little a little edge little on there, but. On the- on the raise. Yeah, but no, Dustin Poirier currently the odds came out. They're sitting Dustin Poirier sits at a minus 180 favorite uh, against Charles Oliveira and let's not get it twisted with Charles Oliveira. You know, this guy's a UFC veteran. Uh Charles Oliveira has had a lot of fights in the UFC. 
Um, he's a, a really good ground expert too as well, right? So he has good jujitsu. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. I, I do see Dustin Poirier kind of sticking to his striking kind of background, but Poirier can wrestle too as well. So, uh, you know, I do see a little bit of groundwork. Uh, Oliveira probably might look to see to try to take this fight to the ground, you know, and, and win via submission. Um, but it'll be interesting to see. He did win in a TKO win uh, over Michael Chandler to sustain that that belt and become the lightweight champion. So it'll be very interesting to see. This is kind of like that fight to make, right? Khabib, you know, unfortunately he's retired. So, you know, the, 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 the we'll ultimate lightweight great, the undefeated. We'll yeah, we'll see how long that lasts. Exactly. It never lasts. Yeah, usually. Conor McGregor's retired like three or four times already. So, you know, yeah. that, that happens. But, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see. Dustin Poirier's coming off of that that Conor McGregor wins so he's kind of riding that emotion now in that that high right now and it'll be be very interesting to see how he comes out against Charles Oliveira you know a lot of people are really slept on Oliveira but he's he's a champ for a reason right now you know he's a veteran in the UFC he's been in deep waters he's been in there with the best of the best so it'll be very interesting to see that Poirier fight um but the second fight that actually got announced, actually, which I think is going to be even more interesting just because of the ultimate beef behind and, you know, the drama behind these two yep. uh, with Leon Edwards and George Jorge Masvidal, Gamebred Masvidal. Yeah. So everyone's favorite, you know, uh, people call Jorge, you know, Jesus because the way he looks with the, the way he's come back. But um, yeah, that that welterweight matchup is, is probably going to be a co-main event, if not one of, you know. On that, definitely on that main card. So Leon Edwards right now currently 19-3-1, uh, coming off of a, a huge decision win over one of the, you know, the baddest fighters in the game with Nate Diaz. Um, Jorge Masvidal coming off of a brutal loss against the welterweight champion, Kamaru Usman. Kind of got uh, knocked out pretty, 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 pretty bad. bad but, yeah, that, uh, that was yeah. tough. That was, that was tough. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of, lot, a lot of trash talking between the two. Um, but Jorge Masvidal, you know, as you guys know, has the fastest knockout in the UFC in five seconds against Ben Askren. Um, been in there like shout he, out Jake third, Paul. Shout out Jake he's, Paul. he is a <laughs> shout out Jake Paul. He is a 50, uh, 50 fight. He has 50 fights in, in, in the in MMA. He's 35 and 15. So, you know, he's a veteran coming off, uh, of a brutal loss, but you know, he has this, this beef with Leon Edwards, you know, they both saw each other back in uh, the O2 arena in London. And uh, they had a little bit of a uh, altercation backstage where uh, Jorge Masvidal gave him a three piece combo and the soda. Uh, I believe Masvidal was in the middle of an interview. Leon Edwards, both with both fighters coming off of a win that, that uh, event as well. Uh, Masvidal was in the middle of an interview talking and Leon Edwards said something slick, and Masvidal being the street thug that he is, man, was not having no part of that, and started walking over, hands behind his back, and Leon Edwards and his crew walking up to them, and just, bow, 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 three-piece chicken meal with a soda, and, and, with and the soda, side. can't forget and that, and the side, yeah, and the side, so, you know, the little drama, this fight was, you know, a fight that should have been, happened, you know, a while back, Leon Edwards is very hot in the UFC, uh, he's, uh, he's riding a real big fight win streak aside from his, uh, no contest that he had with Bilal Muhammad. Um, uh, you know, he had an unfortunate eye poke, which caused that fight to, you know, not be able to continue. But Leon Edwards right now has, has, you know, been on fire and that'll be a very good, good matchup to see George Masvidal, big striker. You'll see him looking to, looking to stand up with Leon, but Leon's a really good wrestler. So I'm, I'm really looking to see, uh, Leon Edwards, uh, kind of 
possibly winning this fight, unfortunately. The lines and the odds did come out. Edwards is a slight favorite at minus 145 with Masvidal sitting at plus 125. So it'll really be interesting to see kind of that, that fight play out. Yeah, and so that's probably the biggest card of the year that we'll have, unless something that we're not aware of kind of reveals itself. But that's probably the biggest card left for the year. Uh, we'll get more into that fight. And as the odds change and if any new stuff kind of comes about it as that gets closer. Um, but you guys got anything else for me today in this beautiful October episode of The Spectator? No. Um, basketball starts Ooh. October 19th. The NBA is back next Tuesday. Shout out J.R. Smith for having his first college golf tournament. Shot 10 over. So shout out to that doing what he wanted to do so salute to that but we're excited for some basketball man we got basketball starting up hockey starts tomorrow postseason baseball week six of the nfl coming up the nba finals coming up get your hoodies man get your spectator hoodies are fall merch just drop play the commercial play the commercial play the commercial i wondered what was wrong with me my friends all fall so but thank you guys oh, yeah. for watching and listening we appreciate you we will be back next week go over some nba stuff and just uh, we got a lot to talk about apparently as always so thank you guys again stay tuned for the next episode and we'll see you guys there thank you see you